Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we covered a fair bit of ground. Andy reflected on the bizarre football match he was at last night at Stamford Bridge. Um, we spoke to Tim Vickery, South American correspondent, who covered a fair bit of ground, and you'll, you'll hear that. He was on good form today, Tim. Um, and we also spoke to the um, manager of Slough Town uh, to discover why Hollywood's Mark Wahlberg has become a fan of the club. So, uh, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And as people said to me as I left the game last night, oh, plenty of you talk about it tomorrow, Andy. Yeah, it <laughs> was, sort of uh, it was a, gr- a great one for the neutral as oh, well as, as the fan. It was a great one for the, for the fan. It yeah. was just a wonderful game of football. For the player, for the, the fan. <laughs> everybody. Yeah, everybody. It was, it was a sensational game of football. And uh, it, it, it just it's the first time that I've been, I said to you before the programme, it's the first time I've ever been in the stadium. I've seen VAR chalk off great moments on television. Yeah. But when you watch football on telly, you're more removed, you're more detached from it, and it's often not your own team. But that is the first time I've ever been in the stadium, and VAR has basically taken away a great moment. And the, Well, you know, this is the moment that would have had you winning 5-4 five, five, and been 4-1 down. You know, yeah. I'm not saying it would have been fair, because Ajax were brilliant, they played so well with nine, and a draw was a fair result. But, you know, in the end of the day... That decision on Tammy Abraham, anywhere else on the pitch, and even if he'd been a defender, would not have been handball. Mm. And Ellery, I mean, that, this rule is just the daftest rule. He wanted to leave a legacy on the game of football, and he has. He's ruined it. I mean, basically, it's absolutely stupid. If people didn't see it, uh, we should point out, Tammy Abraham's hand was effectively on his thigh. He wasn't looking at it, and the ball struck the his ball hand. Him. That happened to be in that situation. So the ball did bounce mm. back, and Aspilicueta scored, but, and it did lead directly to... To a goal, but it wasn't deliberate. He didn't even know no. he'd done it. It's one thing if you punch it in, that's and it inadvertently yeah. comes off. Or your you hand move and goes your hands yeah. to gain an that's, advantage. That's, that's different, you know. That, but we always had that rule. But this is just daft. And and the, we said something. I'm I'm fascinated how sometimes we predict things on this show, and they do, you know, they do come true. And one of the things we said about VAR was they won't add on the right amount of time. Yeah. And in a game like that last night, where Chelsea were really going for it, they, you know, they they only played four minutes. I I went to the trouble of adding it all up. It was seven minutes. <laughs> Blimey, I mean, amongst all that, you were still adding up the time. No, no, when on. I got home. Oh, I was going to say seven minutes and thirty seconds. No right. wonder Lampard was upset when you know when he heard when, when he saw how much was left. It's ridiculous. Four minutes. Danny Kelly last year talked 
It said it's time for the NFL rugby style clock in football. And really, if you're going to change the rules like this, yeah. if you're going to have VAR, then I think you have to change the clock along with it. So there's a timekeeper. You might as well have a ref, but you have an independent timekeeper. And, you know, that basically, you get the right amount of time added on. That's I mean, not exclusive just to the Champions League, although we've often said that, you yeah. know, it's Gazprom adverts to cut to, and you don't get an awful lot of no. uh, injury time in Champions yeah. League games. But in the Premier League, the Watford Spurs game the other week, we had two big VAR mm. moments, an injury, a lot of time wasting, uh, and they put three, four minutes on when it should have been six or seven. So it happens domestically as well. It's ludicrous, really. But uh, it's funny. I mean, a lot of people have been criticised for leaving the game. I would say a few Yeah, a few of them phoned the uh, sports yeah. bar last yeah. night, left at 4-1. Yeah, a couple of people I noticed leaving at 4-1. And at that point, we looked at each other, my son and I, and we both said, you know... It doesn't seem like a 4-1 type no, of game. It didn't feel like it to yeah, me, actually. To me. Well, you I said, said yeah. I felt, a t- you know, you had the if better final mm. ball uh, at, um, at uh, earlier on at 3-1. I thought you would have been missed, back in missed it. Missed a lot of chances. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And uh, 5-1, I might have thought, being the traffic. <laughs> yeah, you've got to beat the traffic at 5-1. Especially that, that way, I thought, wow, well, you know, fair enough, really. And, uh, yeah, so it was a great game and uh, much, much enjoyed. Uh, do you see that, I think, of the five chances that Ajax mm. had, uh, three of them came after they went down to nine men. Shots yeah. on target. No, they I kept know. going for it, didn't they? They were, they were brilliant down to nine men. They really played well. And we took off uh, George, um, Kovacic, so yeah. we had no midfield, really. And uh, we had a lot of attacking players. So every time they got the ball, it, it was a bit worrying. But, hey, look, it was a great game, an absolutely brilliant game of football, most enjoyable. And uh, other news, though, Samo Farah has been named the greatest British sportsman ever, sports person ever, in a poll. I was thinking, who voted? Alberto Salazar. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendous. That's, that's pretty hard. Harsh, yeah, no, it's very harsh. Yeah, that's, it's interesting timing to be doing a poll like that, <laughs> yeah, isn't it's it? It's really? strange, yeah. strange result. But uh, Chris Coleman, there's a funny interview with him in, in today's mm. uh, Sun, obviously looking to get back in after his time in uh, China. Mm. And he was saying that he had a, a lad called T, who was his translator. Uh, while he was over in China managing, sure, that was his nickname. Yeah, that was yeah, it wasn't his first name. That, yeah, they called him T. <laughs> it was probably yeah. yeah. So he said, T was absolutely top class. He said, when I used to lose it in the dressing mm. room, which was often. Uh, mm. He wouldn't just repeat my words; he'd try and copy my actions as well. So he, he said, uh, he'd start lobbing the teacups around, <laughs> the, and he his, said, his I, own cups. He said, I even, <laughs> I even picked up a couple of Chinese uh, swear words. So th- this in, this translator would would basically bit, get we mm. a bit method. Yeah, but so that's Chris the, Coleman, he maybe did it with a slight Chinese Welsh <laughs> lilt. Yeah, yeah. That's great, the opposite it? of what Ian Walker told me when I was out in Shanghai, and I want to see Shanghai SIPG when Sven was managing them, and that was the, absolutely the opposite because Sven, Sven was like, you know, he'd come in at half time and he's very measured in that Sven. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, and apparently the Chinese translator he was like would, Barry Fry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Was he really? <laughs> like John Sitton. John Sitton. So you had to say to him, look, you know, that you you're being too aggressive. That's not what I want from. Oh, you. really? Yeah, yeah. So we get on the front foot and, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what about that? Yeah. Uh, anyway, coming up this afternoon, um, Adrian Clark joins us, former Arsenal midfielder. Uh, the decision, as you're fully aware, I'm sure, made last night that Granite Xhaka was no longer one of the many captains. You've got to do TV formats for T. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's not his name. It's just an initial. T and sympathy. It's like, it's, it, it wouldn't work, would it? It doesn't work. Don't All bother. Right. Uh, not his name. Don't, don't bother. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From TalkSport. Andy, there was a letter to the Telegraph by... He's the principal of the British School of Beijing in China. Well, okay, yeah. It wouldn't be in uh, Stretton, <laughs> would it? But his name is John Brett, and he wrote the Telegraph. He oh, said, yeah. Sir, uh, members sure. of the England team were not keen to wear their runners-up medals after mm. their defeat in the Rugby World Cup final. Unfortunately, my pupils noticed this and questioned my, 
questioned me on it after an assembly on Monday where we celebrated our girls and boys <coughs> football team being runners-up in a tournament at the weekend. Ah. So they're celebrating this thing. They're sort of the boys and girls, congratulations to them. And someone, somebody put their hand up and said, yeah, but hey, why do the England players basically lob them in the bin? I, I sympathise with it. There's two ways. You can always, the two ways you can look at everything in the modern life. You know, you could say, well, they should have been respected South Africa and all that stuff. But on the other well, hand... they did. I don't think they disrespected no, South Africa. You, you understand, if you're a sports person, you've got to that level. You're, yeah. you're the second part of the team that's the second best in the world. You don't get there if you sort of accept being second. Do you? you don't yeah. get there if you accept being a loser. So I understood exactly why they did it, and I don't know why people would be, even be offended by it. You'd be, I think you'd be more offended if they were delighted to have lost. Now, Andy, I just mentioned before the break that we were going to go early on school nativities because there's mm. a, a, a kind of crackpot bit of research oh, yeah. that's come out. Um, but before... Um, let me give it to you, shall I? Yeah. Roles in a school nativity play could determine earning potential as an adult. What are you talking about? <laughs> With ridiculous. those who played oxen making the most and those who played lamb the least. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. A poll of 2,000 adults, which is, you know, I'm damn representative that is. It's not what bad. About the three wise kings? The Did three wise men. Well? Three wise men. Yeah, the three wise men. You're not familiar. I mean, it's not your heartland. It's not really my thing, actually, to be (laughs) honest. So, a poll of 2,000 adults found oxen take home an average of £43,000 a year, which is not bad money, is it? No. Uh, With lambs just on 20 grand. Oh, right. Amongst 2,000. The happiest uh, were found to have played the Virgin Mary, apparently. And the least happy played the Angel Gabriel. So I played uh, a king. Mm. I, I I played the king, and, and my funny enough, my boys ended up both being kings in it. So uh, <laughs> a great, well, what were, a great Hawksby family yeah, it's tradition. Great, it's, a great, it's fantastic. <laughs> well, it does mean any grandkids I might have will insist on being the king. <laughs> funny enough, I was never cast. I don't know why. You were never in the nativity. Well, of course I wasn't. How could I be in the nativity <laughs> as I am in the Sturmy Archer saying, Does anyone want a bag? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it, possibly I can see. I can see this. There's slight awkwardness in that. But um, yeah. uh, the, the best uh, nativity mm. story, um, uh, which is probably apocryphal, but I was told once by someone that they went to a nativity mm. and uh, and uh, Joseph and Mary rock up at the inn and they knock on the door and the innkeeper comes to the door and he says, yes, said, uh, I am Joseph and this is Mary and we are tired and we are hungry and we have travelled many miles. And as you can see, my wife... Uh, is with child. Please may we uh, stay in your inn. Do you have room in your inn? And there was a pause, <laughs> yeah. and the innkeeper said, Yes, come in. <laughs> so he they kind of went in. Said, yes, it's Cheltenham Festival Week, and it'll be ten times what it normally is. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly what he said. But then they go in, yeah. and there's this slightly eggy moment where like one or two parents sort of clap, because that's, that's that's the end of it, really, isn't it? Yeah. And then there was some whispers from uh, the teacher, and then uh, Mary and Joseph were ushered out again by the innkeeper who said... No, and just slam the door on them and, and, and on with the rest of the show. But th- that is a bit of a killer, really, very, in yeah, terms of, uh, good, uh, of yeah. the show. But anyway, I there just, so there we are. If you were an oxen, uh, expect your money to go up. Uh, if you were a lamb, unfortunately, there's nothing down for you, apparently, according to 2,000 people in the city. I don't know if the producer was in a nativity. Yeah, what was that? Let's have a look at the bits. Let's ask next door, the gang. What, a, sh- shepherd a, and a shepherd reindeer. and a reindeer. Okay, yeah. Bill, what, what did you play? Never in it. <laughs> no. Never cast. Oh, well, there you go. Guys, what, no, nobody no, no, in the nativity? 
Only no. John has played two roles. Ryan was the angel Gabriel. That's a, that's a top gig. <laughs> they earn over £2 million a year, according to this survey. And, Jamie, not you. You were never in it. Yeah. No, never got cast. Yeah, well, fair enough. Fantastic. Now, I've got news. Yeah, go on, then. The world's oldest post office is set to close after 307 years. Wow. Which is about how long I waited last time I went to send a parcel. It's, it's a long queue. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> not quite. I mean, you do feel like saying sometimes, why did you even bother getting two windows? I mean, you're only using oh, one. The local post office, it's a di- there's no point having two windows if all you use the other window for is to pile parcels in front of it and just open the one window. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. We've got one near us, uh, mm. the, the local post office, and they, are, it's the, it, they do a lot of great old cards. And so while you're in the queue mm. with the one window, two windows, but only one open, obviously, you can look at the cards. <laughs> and it's great to see uh, uh, fantastic uh, birthday cards. You know, Dad, or Happy Birthday Dad and it's often a picture of uh, Bob Wilson going up in the air <laughs> Bob's still in goal is it's it? a card shop yeah it's fantastic some of the players some of the players that are still on it does he get, get royalties from it's, it's like, yeah, it'd be like Bob Wilson going up red and he's, he's punching the ball it's fantastic as, as somebody's yeah. personally in charge of Bob's image rights so I shall have to look into this yeah, have to, yeah you certainly you'll have to have a look at it Andy don't go and sue that post office tell them closing the only one window they've got open now uh, Troy Deeney uh, apparently held a raucous yeah. Halloween Man party Man Has Party was the, uh, the headline was honestly that? people are so funny about this you know if he if Watford had been mid-table nobody had said anything but because they're bottom of the table some for some reason the correlation is that Troy Deeney shouldn't have a party I don't yeah. get this Troy I mean, Deeney's having a party <laughs> very much could be a song Halloween party uh, the club's horror show of the season looked far from his <laughs> mind according to the sun as he posed for pictures posted on Instagram um and uh, basically somebody, oh yeah, who was it, this bloke? Oh, Trev Burnett. Oh, go not Trev Burnett. He's always got plenty to say, old Trev. I've <laughs> never heard of him. But. I love the way these people get quoted from social media. Yeah. Says, don't see what he's got to celebrate about as Watford are going to get relegated. Well, you don't know oh. that, Trev. They, they might get out of it. If you're a Luton fan. Long, or... <laughs> that's a long way to go the season. So there we are. Um, so, um, uh, still to come. Um, Maybe if you were a lamb and you're a multi-millionaire, maybe you'd like to put that right. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. It's time then for uh, the latest in the world of South American football by a man and world soccer's man over in Rio. Tim Vickery joins us. Hi, Tim. Hello, afternoon, gentlemen. How are you doing? Not too bad, Tim. You flagged up last week that the venue mm. for the, the, the Copa Libertadores, the Champions League of South America, was was could be on the move because of uh, issues in um, Chile, and, and that's what's happened. Yeah, and when they decided on... And this is a new era. We've always had home and away two-legged finals. This year, they've gone for the one-off final on a neutral ground. Uh, and it's turned into a headache. Poor old South American football authorities. Because um, they thought that Chile, Santiago, was the safest bet possible in the continent. And it's all kicking off there. And it's not showing any signs of calming down. And and so and the, the game is uh, it's less than three weeks away. It's November the 23rd. So time is running out. So yesterday, they banged all their heads together and had a meeting. It took them five hours um, to uh, to decide what to do, and they've changed the venue from Santiago in Chile to Lima in Peru. Uh, now this for a lot of the fans, this is logistical nightmare time. Um, the fans who've shelled out and, and travel in South, inside South America is really expensive, especially when the demand is high. Mm. So uh, the fans have shelled out for. Uh, airfares and hotels well there's hoping they're trying to put pressure on the airline companies to let people swap from going to Santiago to going to Lima uh, and you know um, well we'll see how that works but those who've, who've shelled out for hotels you, I don't think you're going to see that money again I don't I don't, don't know many hotels who, who give you your money back if you can't turn up no. so Lima's a, a Lima's a long long way and when you get there and the final is in the uh, is in the, the stadium of the Universitario Club. It's a long, long way out, just down one road. Um, it can take you with with heavy traffic, you know, from the city centre, from the tourist areas where people will will be staying. It can take an hour, two hours. So uh, it's it's a you know it's it's a it's a difficult one. And one of, one of the sales points was that the, the the bigger capacity of this stadium, and where it was going to be in Santiago is like forty five thousand. This has been sold as eighty thousand. Although the, the fellow who administers the stadium says, no, we don't usually go above 59. So uh, there will be some extra tickets available for, for fans. And these are two giant clubs, River Plate of, of Argentina and Flamengo of, uh, of, of Brazil. Um, but it's only going to be the rich who can afford to be there. It's a long, long way and it's a logistical nightmare. And massive currency restrictions for Argentinians at the moment with the new government. So it's very difficult. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? The the um, Also, Lima is quite controversial because they're going to play the equivalent of the Europa League there and that was switched, yeah. you tell us, Tim. Also, they were supposed to be playing the Under-17 World Cup and they switched that. So why, why are they suddenly going to Lima when they've taken two events from it? Yeah, when well, that was lack of governmental guarantees. Um, that uh, on the Under-17 World Cup is going on in Brazil at the moment, and it should be in in, in Peru. The Europa League equivalent final is happening on sun on Saturday in Paraguay. It should be in Peru. I think perhaps the Peruvian government were a little bit shamefaced by that, so uh, that they rushed in with the with the offers. 
Uh, and it was one of those ones where if you're going to take it from Santiago, you couldn't really win. Um, there, there, there was a move for Paraguay, but could Paraguay cope when Paraguay, could the airport cope with all the, the, the flood of fans coming in? There was a move for Uruguay, but from the Brazilian point of view, that's too close to Argentina. They were thinking about cities in Colombia, but that, that's a long way. That's really expensive flight. So in the end, it was a kind of consensus. And as I say, it took them five hours to do it. They decided that, that Lima was the least bad option. We have some strange kickoff times here in uh, Britain because of the TV demands of TV. We got a ten to four in the Europa yeah, League we on have, Wednesday, haven't we? But later on, Boca Juniors this well, weekend. I mean, I've never seen anything like. That. I've been to a Boca game where it kicked off at ten fifteen at night. This one, ten o'clock in the morning. They're not great in the morning, Argentinians. They don't really like. Getting no, up. ten o'clock in the morning. It's, that was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> 10 o'clock in the morning, it's only about three hours after Argentinians have gone out to eat, isn't it? I mean, that, 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 that's, that, that's why I, I, I suspect that, uh, that that they seem so highly strung sometimes because they've all gone to bed in the middle of the night with half a cow still jumping up and down inside them. <laughs> what do you expect? It is a bit of bizarre kickoff time. They're doing a lot of 11 o'clocks in, in, in Brazil. I have to say, I know I was dead set against, but the 11 o'clocks in Brazil have proved a huge success. Oh. Of a Sunday, yeah, huge success oh, with them really? all with higher crowds and family audiences. You know, I'm one of those who thinks one of the great perks of this job is that I can stay in, stay in bed till eleven o'clock. Um, but obviously, I'm in a minority. What about the great God TV? What do they make a ten and eleven o'clock kickoffs? Because that would obviously stop things happening here. Well, I think they like it because it gives them a wider range of the day right. in which to show in it's which to like show all of your matches. Yeah, 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 I suppose. Like yeah. Early one. Um, right. Gabriel Martinelli, I know you, the Arsenal fans are excited by him. He's been one of the, the pluses. Um, so what if? Uh, yeah, how he's, he's he's just played for Brazil, hasn't he? Well, he's about to at under twenty three level. It's his first call up, um, and he's he's already scored almost as many goals with Arsenal as he scored in Brazil, you know, for a side playing regional football. So it's been a, it's been a magnificent start for him. Now, obviously, the Brazilian coaching staff know him because of, of, of Edu, you know, who's now at Arsenal, but before he was on the Brazilian coaching staff in the city of Sao Paulo where where, uh, where Martinelli was playing for, for Ituano. So he's been, uh, over these next FIFA dates, Brazil are not only playing at senior level, they're also playing a tournament in Tenerife at under-23 level, and he's been called up. Now, what that, that that's looking towards is the Olympic qualifiers. There, are, South America only has two slots in, in next year's Olympics, and there's a qualification tournament which will take place in Colombia um, late January, start of February. Now, the problem here is... It's not FIFA date. There is no obligation to release. I mean, there's no obligation to release for the Olympics, but there, there is no obligation at all to release for this um, this uh, uh, qualification tournament. So, and if he wants to uh, to, to play for Brazil in this, he's, he's going to have to try and work it out with Arsenal. Wow. If I was Arsenal, you know, this it's between 18th of January and 9th of February the tournament. You know, there's a few days preparation before. Um, a high summer in South America, a minimum, if Brazil go all the way, it's a minimum of seven, maybe eight games in a high summer. If I was a European club, there's no way I'm letting my player go. If he's anywhere near the first team squad, he's staying right here. Mm. So that could be a problem for him in the short term in terms of playing for Brazil at under 23 level. Tim, you've watched all the VAR mayhem unfold over the last couple of weeks here. So um, how is it doing in South America? Is it equally as contentious there or has it settled down a bit now? 
No, it certainly is. And we've, we've got it in Brazil. We haven't got it all over the place. And we haven't got it in Argentina yet, apart from Libertadores games. And the Argentines just can't get their head around it at all. And G- G- Gabby Heinz, you know, who's now managing Velez, was saying, well, if there was VAR going in my day, I wouldn't have been able to get away with anything. You can't play like that. <laughs> um, it, it, it seems to, to um, hit, you know, because part of the appeal of football is the, is, is the chance of getting away with things. So uh, um, they're, they're, they're struggling to get used to it. It is in Brazil. It's a farce. It's a farce. I mean, they have been looking. Wait for this one. Wait for it. They've been looking to the Premier League and saying, look how well England use it. Uses oh, it no. Oh, no. You've got to be joking. Because, because, and I ain't kidding you now, we often have delays of five minutes. Really? Five minutes for goals that are ruled out for the most ludicrous motives. Um, so they've, they've been holding up England as a kind of reference of how to do it. You know, it, it does seem mm. that wherever it, it's, it's introduced... It's not going very well. And I, I put all the blame on those people who thought it was going to solve all the problems. You know, you might get one or two decisions corrected or, or improved, yes. But there are always going to be things that you gain and things that you lose. And at the moment, I'm looking at the balance and I'm thinking, you know, are we not losing more than we're winning from this? Yeah. I wonder where we're going to be in a couple of years. It will Absolutely. be. I'm prepared to move Stockley Park brick by brick to Rio. Yeah, well, OK, well, we'll make that happen. And just finally, Tim, uh, I mentioned earlier on this research that says if you played a lamb in the school nativity, you'd earn less money, apparently, than if you played the oxen. The person who played the oxen went on to make the most money and do better, they claim better in life. So what, what was? can you remember, what do you ever play in the nativity? I can imagine you in it, Tim. Yeah, I don't remember being in nativity. I was Prince Charming in a primary school production of Cinderella, and I was a very, very charming Prince Charming indeed. Thank you very much. I'm sure you it, were. It, 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 it hasn't done anything to harm my progress. Are you available for Panto if Chris Biggins calls? I am. Yeah, issued a yes. come and get me plea there, Tim. <laughs> Jewish, uh, Jewish holidays, I'll do the lot. Stephen Fulham <laughs> says I played a tree. I don't remember a tree being central to the Christmas story, and now I drive a truck. Yeah, thank so. you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. <laughs> Annie Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Now, um, it's not unusual, as Tom Jones once said, to be a Hollywood star and a fan of a Premier League football team, I'm sure. You know, they, they could they come over. They, well, there's uh, Tom Hanks is a Villa fan. Slice Talon. Slice Talon. Slice Talon. Yeah. Is an Everton fan. Well, um, they, you know, of course, yeah. there's all sorts of reasons. But you don't get many uh, Hollywood superstars who love a bit of non-league who are that interested in the pyramid. I know... <laughs> Charlie's uh, Theron, she's a Bromley fan. I think mean, she is now. She's glory hunting, of course. But uh, then, of course, there's Mark Wahlberg, mm. who, as we discovered this morning, follows Slough Town FC, and he even posted, mm. uh, posted a, a video, uh, say, come on, lads, uh, or words to that effect. Uh, let's find out why. Uh, let's speak uh, now to uh, Neil Baker, uh, who is, the I think, the joint first-team manager of the club. Good afternoon, Neil. Good afternoon, guys. How are we? Yeah, we're good. What about that a very exalted fan you've got there, haven't you? Yeah, slightly, slightly strange. Um, I think we've got one of our midfielders to thank for that, uh, Matthew Lynch. He's uh, um, he, he goes to F forty five gym in in Oxford Circus, and uh, understand Mark Wahlberg is uh, part owner of that. And uh, yeah, they've been uh, they were having a chat on uh, on Sunday uh, after a gym session. I think they were talking for about twenty minutes, and 
and uh, discussing the the non-league and and Slough Town and yeah, I think he's a I think he's a big football fan and obviously he, he gave us a shout out. So You'll next have... thing is to to try and get him to a game, I guess. You'll have to watch if your player goes into his burger bar in town. <laughs> yeah, they are good. Yeah, they are. He's good very burgers. Nice. We went there, didn't we? They, we were, did, they, yeah. they were very good. Yeah, yeah. So they, you don't want the boys getting into them too much. Getting a bit of a discount well, in there. If, if you saw me, I'd, I'd be up for that. So don't worry about that. <laughs> but you said they had a discussion. I mean, I imagine it was quite a one-way conversation, wasn't it? Because I doubt if uh, I doubt if he even had a, a pass out. You know, how did you get on against uh, Maidenhead United? It's unlikely yeah. he would have said that. You would think. No, no, absolutely. I think uh, I think it it was as you say, uh, pretty much a one one way uh, conversation. But no, he was apparently you know interested and and as I say, he, he likes his football. So um, yeah, it was, it, listen, it's you see something like that, and it's it's sort of strange to see somebody like Mark Wahlberg talk about Slough Town Football Club, even if it's sort of in passing. It's a it's a brilliant brilliant story, and and it's taken a bit of traction as well. So it's great, fantastic for the club. You're going to yeah. try and get him down oh, to the next try and get him down for a game, yeah. Absolutely, why not? You know, he's, he's more than welcome. Uh, I think he's filming over at the moment in UK, so um, yeah, I think we'd, we'd definitely make him a guest of, guest of the club for the day. I'm sure he'd enjoy it. What, what are the fans making of all this? Um, well, I, I, I mean, my Twitter, I, I posted it on uh, on Sunday morning, and uh, um, Lenchy had, had put it in our sort of group chat, and I said, oh, I'm going to stick that on Twitter, and and it, it, it went mad, you know. It's uh, all the fans think it's brilliant. Um, it gets people talking about Slough Town. You know, you listen, for any non-league club uh, just to be talked about uh, is is good. So um, yeah, fantastic for us, really. We, for some reason, we didn't think to play a bit, which is daft. So uh, we'll, yeah. we'll remedy that, John, if we may. We'll, we'll find a bit before four o'clock. It, it's 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 readily available. So we will hear Mark Wahlberg extolling the virtues of at Slough Town. He calls you at one point, doesn't he? No, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's um, what sort of season are you having at the moment? No, we're having a good season. We're we're up to second in the Conference South or National League South, and uh, we we didn't start well. Lost our first three on the bounce, and I think we're now uh, nine wins, a draw, and a, a defeat in our last eleven. So we're in, we're in really good form. And, uh, trying to push to get into the National League Premier for next season, really. Yeah, so, uh, no, good season. I'll ask on behalf of our producer and then mm. uh, friend Charlie Bakey, are you missing uh, the bit of stardust that Torquay brought to the National League, South? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Torquay were a brilliant, brilliant club. You know, it's a great, great place to go to, although we, we did get turned over 4-0 there last year, so it probably wasn't wasn't that fantastic. But, no, you know, club club the size of Torquay was, was, was great to have in the league. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think they're in... They're, they're going, well, at the moment, they look like they're probably going to be going up to League Two the way they're going at the moment. Well, I'm told they're going to be champions by... Uh, well, by... <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. Gary Johnson's done a brilliant job there and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. I think I think there's a number of sides that are looking to try and win that league at the moment. I'm sure Torquay will be one of them. Brilliant. Good to talk to you, Neil. Well, best luck yeah, for the rest of the guys. season and we will Thank play you. a bit of Mark Wahlberg uh, talking you up before <laughs> this. swear, is it? We're gonna bleep, yeah, is you it, have to be it, careful. I was going to say, oh, you is have it? to okay. bleep, bleep a certain bit out. Mm, blimey, to swear he Mark Wahlberg. Uh, I think no bull, he says, but he does the whole expression. So. <laughs> okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to work on that. So, cheers, Neil. All the best. Thank you. Thanks ever so much, guys. See you later. Neil Baker, the joint first-team coach of Slough Town. Okay. And what, yeah, I mean, marvellous.
Which have you? Who's your big Marvelous. celebrity fans, Andy? Who's the big one? The American? Well, that's it, me. No, not you. I mean Americans. <laughs> I mean properly famous people. Well, we had, Hollywood. We had Dickie, Dickie Attenborough. Oh yeah, he was the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember Raquel Welsh. Raquel Welsh turned up in her big fur coat once, didn't she? And sat amazing. next to Ozzy. Met Ozzy in the dressing room. I remember. Did she marry? I say, did she marry Fred Truman? She was in. Didn't, there the, was some the, the Trumans and the Welshes. They, 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 there yeah, was some connection. There was. I think was it Fred's. Daughter and Raquel's son. This woman Raquel was being yeah. so blasé. I just, I just always thought. Didn't we say to Fred when he when he came in? Yeah. Um, uh, that we said, what did you talk about the reception? Mm. It would be be quite. I mean, I what's know. the touch? What's the you know? So uh, I'm sure. I'm sure Fred told Raquel I, what a great bowler he was. So I came in, and <laughs> it was the fourth over of the day, slightly overcast. I mean, imagine, imagine Raquel was there, thousand yard stare. Yeah, be good, really wouldn't know what it? Was yeah. going on really, but you know, these things happen. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, uh, we were just uh, chatting there to uh, the joint first team manager of Slough Town, uh, Neil Baker, and um, we have now got Mark Wahlberg's little tribute to the club after oh, a chance yeah, okay. meeting let's, one of their players at the gym yeah. in town uh, the other day. We bleeped it as well, so yeah, it's well, heavy duty. Here we go. All right, good luck to Slough Town, the conference South. Let's go, let's see it, inspire to be better. No bull****, all right? Let's go, Slough Town. Let's go Slough Town. Could he have said it a bit quicker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, time is money and all that well, when you're in Hollywood. So, yeah, fair enough, really. So there we are. As, uh, Mark Wahlberg and his love of uh, the Conference South. Now, yeah, yesterday, I uh, I was wearing a lot of clothes. And you <laughs> said to me, why have you got... Yeah, he had, he had like a big, thick sort of folk singer's jumper on, this <laughs> massive padded coat. And it's about sort of 11, 12 degrees <laughs> outside. Know. You know, it's, it's not too so bad. I said to you, it's because uh, the, the Daily Star said that the weather was going to be... Uh, and, uh, you're, you've got a weather uh, app, which you basically just said to me, oh, it's going to be start raining in 13 minutes. That's right. It's, uh, Whereas the Daily Star on Monday, I cut it out. It says here, a minus four degree Scandinavian shiver is due to blast Britain from tomorrow. That's yesterday. Yeah. Making the, for the coldest November across the country since the big freeze of 2010. So that's why I, I, I thought. And you said to me, why are you getting your weather information from the Daily Star? <laughs> that's a good point. Really. Of all the sources, <laughs> of all the sources you could go to, uh, that is the one that you go that's to. ridiculous. Um, I played Joseph in the Nativity play. Top billing. Now retired from acting. I work in an office, but not sure what to Mary. So, okay, it doesn't really... Well, really, I was looking for really your earning potential. All I know is if you played the Oxen, you made more money, according to this survey, and the Lamb, sadly... I wanted to do nativity-based footballers, but we decided it was too late. Well, it was a bit too late, wasn't it? And it was you know, it was fairly limited. We were going to get Gabriel Jesus, weren't Ledley, we? King Wenceslas. We were going to get Bobby that. Murr. Yeah, quite like that one. Yeah, we, that was quite Alex Oxenchamber. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> that, as I said, we didn't really want those, did we? <laughs> no, we so, didn't. Uh, it's in the too meantime, late. Yeah. What else do you have for us, Andy? Uh, <laughs> you've got a thing called Betty's Fun to Have a Pint With. Betty's Fun to Have a Pint Today With. Today, yeah. it's Bet She's Fun to Have a Pint With. And that's uh, two people. That's uh, Natalie Morrison, who's uh, waiting for confirmation that she's broken the world crocheting <laughs> record. Yeah. You felt that wasn't sport. I, w- I wanted to no, get I her on. No, I didn't want to get her on. I thought it was a bit too <laughs> much. And it's other one. I don't even know how it ended up in the in the national newspaper. Obsessed Jennifer Hawkins, 34, has been collecting Care Bears since she was three and has more than 200 in Gloucester. But well done, but why is it in the paper? I bet she's fun to have a pint with Andy, no, yes, when she yeah. corners you in the pub. Anyway, I must be going now. You've never like, drunk a pint so like quickly in your life. Care Bears, right. not Care Bars. 
So they're nearly ready to get underway. It must be weird for the players, this sort of 10 to 4 mm. on a Wednesday when you're. Gary right. Lineker said it's nostalgia for Arsenal playing in Europe on a Wednesday. <laughs> a bit harsh, really. Getting stuck in, aren't they? <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Woody Harrelson was in attendance at an Oxford United game a couple of seasons ago. Still don't know why. How many people went in? Cheers. Cheers, Woody. Yeah, they, they probably would have done. Norm, any, any fat bloke who went past, it couldn't have been a lot of fun, could no, it? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. so you get the odd Hollywood star That's, rocking yeah, up at a big game yeah. uh, these days. Did you see revellers at the Melbourne Cup yesterday? And it's amazing how similar it is to Royal Ascot and Cheltenham. Yeah. I mean, people go and have a good time, and why not? The whole of Neighbours was dedicated to the Melbourne Nel- Cup. Melbourne yeah, the Melbourne Cup. Cup, what about that? Yesterday, but uh, yeah, people just, you know, like they are at Cheltenham, Royal Ascot. A little bit worse for wear. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We return tomorrow with the former Palace and Sheffield Wednesday frontman, Mark Bright. And uh, Angus MacDonald of uh, Hull City taking a a hiatus from the game at the moment. Uh, uh, It's quite a story he's got to tell. So we'll be chatting to Angus uh, in the studio tomorrow. Until then, have a fine evening. Thanks for downloading. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.